0: feel like we should have uh, that sort of music behind our preaching. <laughs> so inspirational. So Alpha's starting this Wednesday. <clears throat> We're running it at Revive uh, in the cafe there, Wednesday evening, 7.45. I want to ask you to do two things. One... Is I want to invite you to pray for our Alpha course, not for the course itself. The course itself is brilliant. We're going to be watching the film series, uh, the Alpha film series, that are just some excellently produced um, video resources that just share the gospel, share who Jesus is, share what Christianity is all about, and take people, as she said on the video, through a journey. Um, So I want to invite you to pray for those who will be attending the Alpha course with me. I also want to tell you that it's not too late to invite somebody to come along. We've all got those around us we know who don't know Jesus, and if God's birthed anything in us, it's a desire for those around us to come to know Jesus. And so I want to invite you, um, as you pray, um, to just be open to inviting people. Just take a step of faith. (laughs) There's a, a web page on our, our website that you can send people to for more information. Um, so if I can just invite you, uh, be open to the Holy Spirit, be open to invite people, be bold and courageous in conversations um, and come along on Wednesday night for coffee, cake and good chats. Excellent. Hey, happy February, if you didn't catch that earlier. It's February. The year-long January is over. We had an amazing January here. We've had 20 days of prayer and fasting that we went through together. Just uh, Again, just reflecting this last week with the elders and the staff team here. uh, And some of you will have been reflecting. Just an amazing time praying together, worshipping together, going to new places that we've not prayed before in Hawley at Gatwick Airport. Um, Thank you to all of you who have joined us in prayer as we've gone for for these amazing things. Um, and so what happens now, it doesn't all stop. We don't stop praying, because we're out of the 20 days of prayer. Um, we've just got started in, in asking God, in praying, Uh, for the amazing things that he's called us to. He's equipping us, he's empowering us by his spirit. Um, So keep going in prayer. Some of the patterns you found through the 20 days of prayer, keep them going. If if they've dropped off since the end, just pick them back up again. It doesn't need church-organized activity to get you to pray. So can I encourage you to do that? So this morning, we're going to be looking at how we see the extraordinary things of God happening in the ordinary lives of each of us. We're going to read from Acts 19, so if you want to turn in your Bibles, it should appear behind me as we read through it. Acts 19, uh, verse 8, just to give you a bit of context um, before we start reading there. um, We're going to be meeting uh, the Apostle Paul uh, back in Ephesus in this previous chapter to where we're going to read today. Paul leaves Ephesus and heads to Jerusalem. Uh, and then on to Antioch, but he promises the Jews in Ephesus that he will return to them. And so on his way back from Antioch to Ephesus, Paul travels through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, and it says he strengthens all the disciples in those places. When he arrives back in Ephesus, he speaks to some of the disciples there, and he asks them, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they they tell him they'd only responded to the baptism of John. That's the baptism of of repentance. Um, And so Paul explains to them and baptizes them in water, as we had here in that wonderfully warm hot tub last Sunday. Um, He baptized them in water. He then laid his hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit, and they prophesied, and they spoke in tongues. And so that's where we pick up in verse 8 of Acts chapter 19, Um, And we'll just read from there now. So Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to those who were ill, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. That's where it gets a bit weird. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding." When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely, and grew in power. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your words. Thank you that you're here with us now. Lord, thank you that your, your word, this Bible is full of life-giving uh, words, Lord, that you bring life to us through your words. Lord, we just open ourselves up to you, Holy Spirit, this morning. Would you come? Would you speak to us? Lord, would you teach us in ways that you want to teach us? Would you speak to us Lord, I pray that you'd use me this morning, Lord, to speak to those you're you're speaking to. Lord, would you speak to their hearts, to their minds, to their very beings, Lord, and would you change us more and more into the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Just amazing, in that last song we sang, be still, for the power of the Lord is moving in this place. We need to be still and ready for the power of the Lord. Not busy ourselves, not become so busy that is power, that we miss it. We want to be still for the power of the Lord. We want to recognize it in our lives. So here we see the Apostle Paul. Back in Ephesus, he was teaching in the same synagogue that he had been in before he left, and he spoke boldly and persuasively about the kingdom of God He was in the synagogue for three months until he left because of their unwillingness to change their hearts and their minds. And so he moved on to teach in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. And the result of Paul's uh, decision to move on actually benefited the mission that he was called to, so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Through opposition and hardened hearts, stubborn hearts, from the Jews in the synagogue, the decision to move on was right. It's incredible to see the link between the Holy Spirit coming, the Holy Spirit coming and the Word of God being spoken boldly. Throughout the early church, we see that uh, the Holy Spirit comes and the Word of God is proclaimed. They go hand in hand together. And so the result of this was that people proclaimed, declared and shared the gospel courageously and without shame. For us as a church, it is time, this is the year where not only will we continue to speak boldly and persuasively within these four walls, but that we will be those, each and every one of us, who take this discussion, this gospel, the Bible, the very, very good news of Jesus to the rest of the world, that all would hear the word of the Lord. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you empower us this morning? Holy Spirit, we need you. We can't do it on our own. We welcome your presence. We welcome your power. Create in us a boldness, a courage with the gospel. Give us the words to say, Lord, where we're shy or fearful, Lord, remove it for the sake of your kingdom and your glory. Amen. It's also important to note in this passage that the sharing of the Word came before the miraculous signs that God performed. The Bible, the Word of God, is what people need to hear and they need to know because only then will they understand what the signs and wonders are pointing to. It provides a context and a foundation for the miracles. And so we then read that Paul's teaching was followed by many miracles. God did extraordinary miracles. I mean, a miracle is a miracle, right? It's miraculous. But we're talking about a God who does extraordinary miracles time and time again. Miracles were part of ordinary uh, ordinary life as a follower of Jesus for Paul. And I believe God wants to make them an ordinary part of yours and my life as followers of him today. This new posture that we've been talking about over the past few weeks, a posture of prayer, a posture of worship, I believe that it includes a posture that's ready to receive and see many miracles. We're to be those who expect to see God performing miracles through us. And even then, he will choose to blow our mind with the extraordinary nature of them again and again. And this book, from the beginning to the end, is full of stories and moments where we see extraordinary miracles from the very thought of something in the detail of creation, a world and a universe formed with such uh, immense attention to detail that draws us to continual wonder as we look around us, through to moments of global floods and seas splitting in two, bread coming down from heaven, walls falling down as people march around them, talking donkeys, living inside of fish for three days, and so on. We then discover that A virgin conceives and a child is born. We see water turned to wine. We see five loaves of bread feeding thousands of people. This is a God of the miraculous. We see that the, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, the lame can walk, the mute can speak, and the dead are raised. And there is one who has lived and breathed and walked this earth, who is at work in and through all that I've just said. He was there in the beginning, and he was there in the virgin birth. He lived a sinless life, and yet he was crucified. He was killed by being nailed to a cross. He was taken down from that cross and buried in a tomb. A heavy stone was rolled in front of the tomb, and everything was over. The end. Or was it? On the third day, the stone was gone, the tomb was empty, and Jesus was alive. In what is the greatest extraordinary miracle we will ever know, we find Jesus, the one who was and is and is to come, 40 days on and Jesus leaves the earth and ascends to heaven where he is now, seated at the right hand of God. So that was that, the end. What was it? Jesus said before his death in John 14, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth. He speaks about it being better that he would go so that the spirit can come. We then find at the beginning of Acts, as Jesus is about to be taken to heaven, he speaks and commissions his disciples. It's the same commission to us today. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit did come in Acts 2, he came in power and he gave power. As followers of Jesus and those who have received the Holy Spirit, we have the power of God at work in us and through us. Back to our text today, Acts 19 verse 11 tells us that God did extraordinary things through Paul. It was God working through him. Paul was a man full of the Holy Spirit, and because of this, the Spirit was able to work through him. Paul himself wrote to the church in Rome, and it's the same truth for us today, that the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. The Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us. The power is in us, and it's God's power that is in us since the Holy Spirit is God, and it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This is no weak or fading. This is no rechargeable battery power. This is massive, explosive, atomic power. It has power to change people's eternal destiny. This is power that sees dead come to life. Hope to the hopeless. Life to those who are dead. Eternal life. And so God works through Paul. We're to be vessels. We're to be those who carry the presence and power of God. We are not passive in this. We get to actively participate. We are those who carry and bring to others the hope of Jesus. We carry his love, his joy, his peace, wherever we go. God even worked through items of clothing that Paul was wearing. The Bible tells us that Paul was a tent maker, his apron and his handkerchief would have been part of his working attire, as you might wear a suit and tie, or jeans or trackies or whatever. This was part of his working attire. And the time that Paul was speaking uh, in the lecture hall of Tyrannus would have been uh, in siesta time. Um, in the ancient world, they, they would break for work around 11am through or 3 or 4 o'clock, and Paul utilized this moment. Sounds good, hey? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> need a bit more sunshine, I think. But it's a time where all work stopped and Sir Paul utilised that moment to speak in the lecture hall of Tyrannus in the middle of the day. Are we in a position, are we ready to be those who are interrupted in our day by the power of God in the middle of all things that we're doing? Are we those who can be intentional in conversation to share the gospel, to share our individual stories of gospel transformation? Are we those who know of our true identity and know that the power of God is in us and he is ready to work through us? Are we those who will offer to pray and uh, welcome the power and presence of Jesus to those around us as we pray for 1,500 people to be healed this year? I just want to invite Steve and Amy just to come and share briefly, Um, if we can just grab the... Mike, Steve, come and share. We've got a healing testimony to share. So Steve's just going to.
1: Yeah, it's on. It's great. Uh, Hi. Uh, Yeah, we were. I was in the office with Joe and Nathan on Tuesday, and uh, we were just reflecting on 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 an amazing. January, we've had the privilege of leading some people to Jesus. We've baptized some people. We've, as Joe said, we've prayed and fasted for 20 days. We're hearing stories from across the church that are getting shared of people that are doing the very stuff that Joe's preaching about this morning, sharing their faith, offering to pray for people. It, it was all very exciting. And then Joe looked at me and said, but have we, have we got a healing story yet? And I said, uh, yeah, but Joe, loads of us have been praying for people outside of church. It's great. It's, yeah, Joe said, yeah, it's really good. But have we got a healing story yet? And, and I, I, was, I was a bit cut to the heart. And we, we just kind of prayed quietly. Uh, oh, yeah, God, would you give us some momentum in this as well? We're so grateful for those who are, are praying and stepping out and, and, and praying and blessing those who are in long-term sickness as well as those that are carrying niggles and knocks but God, please would you give us some kingdom momentum in this area as well? I walked out of the office immediately following that conversation to fill up my water bottle, and there was a lady in the corridor who was here for some training. Um, we run the community center in, in the week. And she said, oh, hello, dearie, lady in her 60s. I said, hello, and I, I sort of recognized her. And she said, as I, as, as I said hello to her, she said, thank you so much for praying for my knee two weeks ago. Then I remembered exactly who she was, Mark and Julie and I had been in the corridor uh, and uh, Mark and Julie knew this lady. They got into a little conversation um, and she said she had a a bad knee, could we, um, Mark and Julie said, could we pray for you? I joined in, Um, it was great, we prayed for her, didn't particularly sense anything happening other than we welcomed the presence of Jesus and asked for him to remove the pain and and free her up completely. She said, yeah, you prayed for me two weeks ago and my knee's better. I said, that's great, Um, what do you mean by better? Uh, and she said, uh, "It's it's completely better." As though, what else do you mean by better? Uh, and I still wasn't quite getting it. Um, and, and so I said, "So tell me, you know, how long did you had pain in, in your knee?" She said, "She said, listen, dear. She said, I've had osteoporosis in my." My left knee's been replaced. I've, I've got to visualise the conversation. My left knee's been replaced. My right knee was going that way. I've had pain for years and years. She said immediately, "You prayed for me. Uh, the pain left, and it hasn't come back. Isn't that remarkable?" So, thank you, Jesus. So I, I came. Thank you, Jesus. So I came back into the office and I said to Joe, "Oh, Joe, we've got one," uh, and off we went from there. Amazing. <laughs>
2: um, When Joe asked me to share the picture that I got when he said he was preaching on God's power, I got a prophetic picture and I want it to be not only an encouragement for you lot, but also that it's actually an encouragement for me that I'm not standing up here saying, I've got it all together and I don't think these things. I am in the position right now that this is just for me as it is for you. Um, And I had a picture of someone, um, all of us, or one of us in a box and we had our life contained in this box, and then God was in it as well. And, you know, whatever you go through your life, whether it's good or bad or trials, things that you're going through, God is still contained in this box, and that he's limited almost to what you're limiting him to. And I feel like um, God was saying that his power is bigger than that, that sometimes it's easier to be able to cope with what you know, so I'm a bit of a control thief freak. Unfortunately, I got that from my dad. And, and I think, sorry, <laughs> it's a real encouragement for him right now. Um, but I, I really struggle with things being out of control and not being able to see what's going ahead of me. And so then to understand a God who works like that all the time and sometimes doesn't let you know why he's doing things in your life, it's really hard to let him out of your box. So um, recently, for eight years, every year passed, it got easier and easier to pray for what was on our hearts. Joe and I had a heart for France, and it was easy and easier to pray because we weren't seeing what was happening. God wasn't really technically answering. He just kept saying, being open, be open. And we're like, right, this is great. We can carry on with our lives, do what we need to do, and we can just pray this courageous prayer in the background. And then all of a sudden, 20 weeks of prayer and fasting in 2020, and we get specific Specific words about France, and my immediate reaction is, Oh, can I just, can I just not? I'm not ready for that yet, God. I think I've got this. I felt like I was almost getting comfortable with my life, even though it was crazy and busy, comfortable with my life and where God needed us. And actually, He throws this humongous curveball. And I feel like, as an encouragement for you this morning, that. God is so powerful and is able to do these extraordinary miracles if we let him move in our lives. I think that to be open to that, actually fruit bearing takes time, but actually the waiting is worth it because the fruit that you'll bear will be so much greater than the ones that you can contain. Thanks.
0: Yeah, amazing. Does that resonate with anyone else or is it just us that that speaks to yeah let's just pray now Holy Spirit we've said we're open to you Lord we've opened our hearts to to know you more we open our ears to hear from you Holy Spirit if you are speaking to anyone else in this room Lord I just pray you do so now Lord allow us not to keep you boxed in Lord allow us not to understand everything there is to know about you, Lord. It's impossible to do that. The very fact that you perform extraordinary miracles, Lord, means that you're beyond and beyond the natural. And so, God, we just, we humble ourselves again. We say, as those you've created, as those you love, and as those who worship you, we're open to you, we're open to your leadership of our lives. Lord, we're open to what you want to do. And so we submit our lives. We submit our preferences. We submit our fears and anxieties to you. Holy Spirit, come and awaken in us those who are following you day by day, who know your voice, who know your love for us, your plans for us who know that you're working for the good of us within our lives, Lord, to know that you're the God who promised fullness of life, life in all its fullness, abundant life, the one who by your Spirit brings love and joy and peace into our lives. You give us patience. You're kind to us. You're good to us. You're faithful to us, Lord, and you call us to be those things to those around us. So, Lord, as you shape us, Lord, would many around us see the change in us, Lord, but would you also equip and empower us this morning to be able to articulate that in words and in deed, Lords, in what we say to others and what we do to and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. So encouraging to hear that healing testimony. And if you want to know, how to, how to pray for healing for people, just go and talk to Steve or Mark and Julie. They've they got a little formula for you um, that you can follow. Again, back to, to today's passage. I genuinely believe there are no formulas when it comes to healing and casting out demons. But we come across this bizarre encounter in today's uh, passage that makes it pretty clear how not to do it. If it was for formulas that God performed miracles, then the seven sons of Sceva, they had it. It's worth mentioning at this point that the city of Ephesus was a place where many were involved in magical and mystical ministries of casting out demons. These exorcists attempted to expel demons by invoking the name of a more powerful spirit. So when these seven sons saw the amazing things that Paul was doing, they tried to copy him, recognizing that the name of Jesus was so powerful. 1 John chapter 4 tells us that the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in us, the Holy Spirit of Jesus who is in us, is greater than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit has made his home in us, he's far greater, far stronger, more powerful than the devil. There is no comparison. There's no competition. The war is over. The victory is ours. And he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The seven sons spoke to the demon-possessed man and said, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. And then they got beaten up and stripped of their clothes. Pretty brutal. Lots of clever people have chatted around this This passage for centuries, but there's a couple of things that I just want to highlight for us today. Number one is it wasn't personal for them. The Jesus who Paul preaches, they didn't know who Jesus was. He hadn't made his home in them. They were trying to imitate what Paul was doing and tried using Paul's power and his process, his formula to do so. And it turned out pretty badly for them. The God we know is a personal God. He wants a relationship with each of us. He doesn't want us to piggyback on other people's relationships or experiences, nor to rely on their gifting. God gives us all the power of the Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He equips and empowers each of us for every good work. He's got gifts in abundance for us. If only we'd ask, receive, and use them. The second thing we see from this encounter is that our identity in Jesus is important. It's important to us. It's important to God. But with our identity being a son or a daughter of God, the enemy knows that too. The evil spirit speaks to these seven sons and says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? As those who follow Jesus and have his spirit living in us, we are those who are known and dearly loved to God But we're also known by Satan and the evil spirits. They know us because Jesus lives in us. He has given us an identity and he's given us a power that supersedes anything that the enemy has to offer. And so as we move on to the end of this section, we then see the impact that this encounter had on the people within the city. It says two things says they were all seized with fear, and the name of Jesus was held in high honor. They were all seized with fear, and the name of Jesus was held in high honor. And then through this, we see that those who came to believe in Jesus, who held him in high honor, they then openly confessed their sins and their wicked ways. It tells us that many of the sorcerers, the witches, the exorcists, the mystics... They gave up and burnt their scrolls. The result of both Paul's bold gospel teaching with the miracles that God performed through him alongside the encounter with the evil spirit caused many to come to follow Jesus. The miracles that God performs are called signs because they point to something. And they point to Jesus. They show his power and they fill us with wonder and amazement. There's no separating God's power through miracles from his word and his gospel. Now the value of the scrolls that we're told about at the end says the total came to 50,000 drachmas. And the little note in my Bible says that a drachma, one drachma, is about a day's wages. And so I had a quick Google. Based on an average UK wage That would be the equivalent of five and a half million pounds. These people knew the cost of following Jesus and counted it. It was (laughs) worth giving up their jobs, their source of income, their livelihoods, all they'd ever known to follow Jesus. For us today, we have something unique. We have the Holy Spirit in us it's what sets us apart from every other good charity or religious organization as christians we get to see our town our homes our streets our workplaces our schools our colleges our coffee shops and restaurants and shops all transformed by the power of god for all that we do this year we must keep in step with the holy spirit doing things full of his strength and his power, and not relying on ourselves, but on who he is in us. And so as we finish today, we echo the prayer, the verse that we finished on, verse 20. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So as we finish today, we say, Lord God, would your word spread widely and grow in power, in Crawley? in the places we go to, in the nations we visit. Lord Jesus, as we are those who boldly proclaim the gospel, Lord, as you grow us in courage and boldness as we share the gospel, as we are those who engage in conversation about Jesus, with those who don't know him, as we allow God to work through us to show his power, as we speak healing for those who are sick and freedom to those who are locked up in sin or oppressed by the enemy and as we accept our true identity as sons and daughters of God those who have his spirit living in us as we trust in his power and as we partner with him to see his kingdom at work in Crawley and beyond I want to invite the band up as we finish now I want to invite you all to stand I'm just going to pray one more time. It's felt like we prayed a lot. So what can we take away from this morning? Let's be those who proclaim the gospel. Let's be those who at every opportunity can be those who share Jesus, his life, his his words. Let us be those who step out courageously in praying for the sick around us, those who are who are ill or who are struggling with disease, those with cancer, let us be bold and courageous in praying for the sick. Let us come expectant that captives would be set free. It's why Jesus came. It's what he says about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has anointed us to preach good news to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives. That's who he's called us to be. That's what he's empowered us to do. And only then will we see the extraordinary at work through the ordinary in our lives. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come now. We do ask, would you come in power right now, this morning? And as you come in power, would you give us power? Lord, would you clothe us with power from on high? As we proclaim the name of Jesus, as we worship you, Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are the name that is above every other name. No earthly power, no scheme of man can separate us from your love, from who you've called us to be. So Holy Spirit, come and fill us today. Come in power this morning, Lord, for everyone gathered in this room. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, come and minister to our hearts and fill us with your power. Fill us with your power that we might be witnesses in words, in deed, as we act. Lord, in prayer, as we fight for things, Lord, thank you that we're called to be still for the power of the Lord is working and moving in this place. So, Holy Spirit, we still ourselves. Stop us from busying ourselves to see your power at work. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite you. We're open to you. Come and have your way with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.